0: This week, Archbishop Dominique Mamberte, the Vatican Secretary for Relations with Foreign States, i.e. Foreign Minister, has called for a Middle East zone free of nuclear weapons and of all other weapons of mass destruction. Welcome to another edition of the Bible in the News. A nuclear-free Middle East is not a new idea. Arab nations have pushed for this before, with a little encouragement from the Vatican, I'm sure. But now the Vatican has put a new push on the idea. The notion of a Middle East zone free of nuclear weapons sounds full of love and peace. Really, who would not want that? Well, stand back and ask, who has nuclear weapons in the Middle East? There's not a long list, really, just one. Israel. And that is not confirmed nor denied by the Israeli government. However, while you are standing back and looking at the situation, just recall to mind the history of the Jewish people, and it becomes very obvious why they might want to carry a big stick. This is a people that fought a war of survival every decade for the first 40 years of its existence, and prior to statehood, endured almost 2,000 years of dispersion and persecution. There is no other nation with the national experience that Israel has. It was thought to be in the 60s when Israel started full-scale nuclear bomb production. The story is that the first bomb produced had the words never again welded onto it. If that is indeed true, it underlines the reason behind Israel's wanting the bomb. It was General Moshe Dayan who said, Israel must be like a mad dog, too dangerous to bother. Many will have heard of the Samson option, which Wikipedia describes as the name that some military analysts have given to Israel's hypothetical deterrence strategy of massive retaliation with nuclear weapons as a last resort against nations whose military attacks threaten its existence. Deep in Israeli psyche is the idea that they never again will go quietly to their deaths as many did during the Holocaust. In fact, New Israeli recruits are taken to the top of Masada to remember the ancient defeat of Jews in that place. They are given a gun and a Hebrew Bible and swear to never let Masada fall again. From reading the biblical prophecies, it has long been expected that the Roman Catholic Church would oppose Israel at the time of the end. You can follow up this more uh, if you look in the Bible magazine, volume 22, issue number 3, uh, with the article on Rome, Israel's formidable enemy, and that's available on the Bible Magazine homepage. The fact is that history gives us a clear picture of an enmity between the Jewish people and the Roman Catholic Church. Much of the disdain that the Roman Catholic Church has against Israel stems from the belief that the Jews killed Christ and therefore are cut off as a people and have been replaced by the Church. From the earliest roots of Zionism, the Vatican has been deeply opposed to it, and in, in, in examining the relationship between the Vatican and Israel, there is a most valuable book entitled The Vatican and Zionism by Sergio Minerbi. The information contained in that book is uh amazing, to say the least. Minerabi writes of Theodore Herzl considered the father of political Zionism, that he harbored no illusions about the Vatican, but correctly identified the Catholic Church as the chief opponent of his vision. In conversation with Pope Pius X in 1904, Herzl was told, we cannot encourage this movement. We cannot prevent the Jews from going to Jerusalem, but we could never sanction it. The ground of Jerusalem, even if it were not always sacred, has been sanctified by the life of Jesus Christ. As the head of the church I cannot tell you otherwise. The Jews have wreck uh, sorry the Jews have not recognized our Lord, therefore we cannot recognize the Jewish people. Herzl was also um, asked by the Pope whether any thought was being given to the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem, an issue that worried the Pope. Minerbi states that politically, Zionism posed a greater threat to the holy places in Jerusalem than than did the Islamic regime there. In fact, the Pope stated to Herzl that it is not pleasant to see the Turks in possession of our holy places. We simply have to put up with this. But to support the Jews in the acquisition of the holy places, that we cannot do. I think that this statement sums up the Vatican's position today. They would much prefer to have a Palestinian state than a Jewish state. And this feeling is only going to become stronger as Jewish groups in Israel talk of and prepare for the building of a third temple in Jerusalem. And from the same book, quoting uh, Chaim Weizmann, president of the Zionist organization and went on to become the first president of the state of Israel, uh, This is uh, this quote is from prior to the mandate. Weitzman, uh, Weitzman uh, had to acknowledge that the Vatican is moving heaven and earth against us, and the old fight between Judaism and paganism has been renewed with vigor. And he, ca- and he says in another uh, spot, if the mandate does not go through this time, it never will. The Catholics have been chiefly responsible for uniting the Muslims and Christians against us, because what the Vatican really wishes is to have something which amounts to power in Palestine. And it has been using various Catholic members of the League, such as Spain, Brazil, Italy, Belgium, and France, in order to achieve its object. And this is really the inner meaning of its attacks against us. When one starts to understand the true position of the Roman Catholic Church toward the Jewish state historically, then you can understand the position today. The Church realized that it needed to change its tactics. The days of openly murdering your opponents was not going to work in the 20th century. Instead, Mother Teresa was dispatched and the church today seems not so bad. Now the old-fashioned Protestantism and speaking out against the church is frowned upon. It is only when one looks at the Bible and specifically the prophecies in the book of Revelation that you realize that she has repented not. Pope Pius XII signed a concordat with the Nazis, and was silent about the millions of of Jews being sent to the ovens. Has that changed? Well, Pope John Paul II visited Yasser Arafat, the terrorist leader and murderer of the Jews, more than any other world leader. In 2010, Archbishop Archbishop Cyril, uh, Cyril Bustros said, We Christians cannot speak of the Promised Land as an exclusive right. For a privileged Jewish people, this promise was nullified by Christ. There is no longer a cho- chosen people. All men and women of all countries have become the chosen people. With that in mind, we look at the news of the Roman Catholic Church moving to remove Israel of her Samson option, her deterrent for those around, such as Iran, not to get any ideas of Jewish an- uh, annihilation. There can be no good intent. No good motive in removing Israel's military superiority, especially when we look at the church's history. This is not just love and peace. The scripture tells us that you know a false prophet by their fruit. The fruit of the Catholic Church has been deep rooted anti Semitism for centuries. And don't be naive, nothing has changed. Revelation 18, verse 4 and 5, and verse 24. And I heard another voice from heaven, saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. This has been John Billington with you this week. Please come back next week for another edition of The Bible in the News.